The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Claude Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the so- <laughs> <laughs> part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name's Clive, and I'm joined by my regular co-host Ricky. Hello, Ricky. Good evening. How are you? Um, a bit giggly for some reason. Don't know why. It's something to do with Macy Gray references, but hey ho. And we are joined by Social Suplex's Rance Morris, also part of Chairshot Radio as well. Rance, how are you this evening? I can already tell where the show is going. I can already tell. What's going on, man? <laughs> uh, doing well. I did say before you were brought on, I'm looking for nonsense tonight, so I'm in a sort of daft mood. I, before we really started, I just wanted—I want to let this be known. I just—I just want to hear Ricky talk shit about Brock. That's what I want to hear you guys talk shit about Brock. That's my goal for the show today. Okay. We'll get into it. The good thing is, like, it was supposed to just be me and Clive tonight, but Rance in the last half hour said he was off work and he was available, so we've got to take—we take advantage of that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it'll be good to the three of us just to sort of shit on Brock. <laughs> I might surprise some people and just start singing his praises. That'll yeah. never happen. You sing his praises as a businessman, but not as a... Oh, yeah, as a businessman, he's flawless. Right, before we continue with the, the Brock chat, just want to let you know in advance, if there are any connection issues, Scotland is... Um, ball deep. It is knee deep in a... Storm at the moment, Storm Ali. So we've got quite bad connection. This is, in general, it may even be worse on Skype. So just to let you know in advance, if there are any issues, it is because of Storm Ali. So, Ricky, go on, tell us what you think. Say the words. Of Storm Ali? No, the words. Uh, um, I mean, I thought we would talk about the actual match first, but let's just start here. Fuck Brock. So... It's kind of it's kind of funny that Ranch is on it because I get to get a live a live reaction to what I was going to say because I was thinking about it earlier on and I says right I need to say this so I'm watching I'm watching the main event and let's just forget the fact that um, Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman were laying in the ring for what felt like an hour while the four guys outside the ring were doing what they were doing. I'm sat on the train going to work and I didn't expect it because I know Rich has been saying for a long time that oh, it's, he's obviously come back like we've known it but I think I kind of just tried to ignore it and put that in the back of my mind to convince myself he never was coming back um, so his music hits and, and there was no real reaction it was just 
it was like, oh, this is actually happening. Like, I, I couldn't believe it. And then I was like, and, and not even, like, in a good way. It was like, oh, fuck, here we go again. <laughs> I I honestly thought the next time, I convinced myself the next time we were going to see Brock Lesnar would be watching him being laid the fuck out by DC. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, that didn't come to fruition. So I see him coming down and I'm thinking to myself, like, why am I watching this man in a WWE ring again? I thought we were going to move past all that bullshit. But unfortunately, not. you want to know how, how much I hate Brock Lesnar? When Brock Lesnar appeared on TV, and there he is, I'm watching him. I would rather watch than watch Brock Lesnar. Whoa. 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 And I, and I will say this. Whoa. That is not an, that is not an invite, Ranks. Which is <laughs> <laughs> whoa. And you, and you want to know how much I also hate Brock Lesnar? I'm going to put my phone up right to, to the camera. Before we came on, I was watching him being knocked out in every single one of his UFC fights just because I know it would bring me some sort of pleasure. So there it is right there. <laughs> it's got them all. This is, yo, this is real hatred, y'all. I don't, you, you can't see this, but it's real hatred. I think it was because the very first night after some, it was Roman and Finn. And it's not because, like I say, it's not because Roman had the title, it's just because it was a full-time guy who had the title. And it was more, it was like, oh, this is what we've been missing out on in the last 18 months. And you kind of, and, and, and I think the entire fan base kind of felt re-energised about not just the title picture, but the Raw and WWE programme in general, just because the title was going to be there every week. And that kind of excitement has been sucked out of the air. Um, I guess the only saving grace is that it's taking place in Saudi Arabia, so... It's not a real pay-per-view, and I don't think he'll win the title back, to be honest, anyway. Uh, But I just, you know, I just don't need him on my TV anymore. Rance? So, I'm not... I gotta go through my emotions. I don't hate Brock Lesnar. In fact, I enjoy Brock Lesnar to an extent. I think the reason this last Brock Lesnar run was so critically panned is because of the sheer repetitiveness of his matches and his promos. There was genuinely nothing different. It was rinse, wash, suplex, city, repeat. And, you know, I I get the purpose of that because as I've tried to formulate, I believe the, the Brock Lesnar experiment now is a way for Vince to work the fans in a way that they haven't been worked before. By making you hate somebody in a different way than they usually have made you hate somebody. Okay, cool. I don't mind being. I don't mind Brock being back. Brock never quit. Brock's contract was never up. Brock just would fight a fight in UFC, so I knew he'd be back. I didn't know it'd be this soon. I knew he'd be back. What he did made sense. Cool. Here's the one issue I have with Brock Lesnar, as as pertaining to right now. What Brock Lesnar did in that match, in that Hell in a Cell match, him being reinserted into it kills the entire angle they spent a month building. And they sacrificed the entire roster of the of the show building. If you're building the shield as who mind you, the shield who WWE themselves announced and said is the greatest faction of all time. 
This isn't just Rand's talking. I believe that, but the WWE themselves said that. They had an infographic where they voted the Shield number one of all time. Three guys, multiple world champions, okay? These guys are back together for the purposes of keeping their titles together and not allowing, quote-unquote, injustice to happen to them by people like Braun Strowman. The entire roster that jumps on them to beat them up lays them out. McIntyre and Ziggler join with Braun. Braun turns heel for the purposes of making this angle work, and it's working. Mm-hmm. Again, the whole roster comes back a second time and gets beat up by the Shield to show how much not only are the Shield are hated, but how vicious this feud is. We have not yet had a Shield versus, if you want to use a Braun calls them, Dogs of War match. That is scheduled for Australia. We haven't had that yet. This angle essentially is not over. So Brock coming back the time he did basically means that this is on the back. That's the only problem I have. I don't have a problem with Brock being back. I don't have a problem with Brock wanting his title. But the timing just doesn't work for me because you're doing exactly everything you've worked so hard and sacrificed so much to build. That's where I'm at. The Raw after SummerSlam and the preceding weeks, it did death of fresh air. You had the sort of open challenge with Finn Balor, which is a really good match. The crowd was really into it. And then it sort of morphed into the gang warfare that we've had between the Shield and the Dogs of War. A lot more of your main roster are being used. <clears throat> Utilised correctly, as it were. Uh, order had been restored with the Universal title Part of the main, like part of the weekly programming, and then I thought, right, this is good. There's going to be something. People won't be happy with whatever happens at the end of the Hell in a Cell match. Fair enough. The actual Hell in a Cell match, it could have been a lot better than it was. Uh, felt quite slow and plodding, which, in comparison to Braun and Roman's previous work together, it was wasn't as good as it has been. The bit where they were having a wee lie down in the middle. Once Dean, Seth and Dolphin Drew came down and was climbing the cell and battering each other, I thought, right, okay, these guys are just lying in the ring doing nothing. There was a non-finish, a no-contest, whatever you want to call it. Roman didn't eat a pin, so he doesn't look weak. These are all... Well, Braun didn't eat a pin, so he doesn't look weak. Uh-huh. That's one thing I have had an issue with between Braun and Roman, but I'll get to that in a wee minute. All this is done, It's not. this wasn't done just to make Roman look strong or not look weak, as it were. This was done to bring Brock, Brack, Brock, bring Brock back to sell up, to sell for the Saudi Arabia pay-per-view. And to have a glorified house show become part of your main roster product, I'm not happy with it. We have went through this with Brock Lesnar for so long now. The only thing that has me calmed down now since Sunday um, Sunday night, Monday morning, was Brock's not the champion. It's not going to be in TV every week, so they're still going to have Roman versus Braun in some capacity over the next few weeks. But they need to stop relying on Brock Lesnar. It was healthy for a while there. It was healthy, and now it's not again. Can, can I disagree with you just very slightly? Mm-hmm. So you said that the entire purpose of that, of that match... 
and everything afterwards was to bring Brock back, right? My opinion, yeah. Uh-huh. And I mean, I, I understand that. And, and I don't think that's factually completely incorrect. But I, I try to be the voice of reason in these situations. So if we all take a step back, mind you, I may not be as far on the ledge as you and Rick are, but I was not happy what happened. But if we take a step back, forget that we have any idea what happens backstage. Forget any of that. We just look at what we know from on screen. Brock Lesnar was a champion for almost 500 days. He lost because essentially he, in his mind, he got screwed by Braun, right? If Braun doesn't come down there to say, I'm going to cash in after the match, Brock's focus is strictly on Roman, and Roman's never be Brock to that point, right? Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense that Brock would want his title back. It would. And we've said before on this podcast to try and stay as kayfabe as possible when it comes to sort of analysing stuff. But at the end of the day, this is not a story that I enjoy. I get that's I, fair. I understand fair. the story they're telling, but it's not a story I like, and I'm fed up with the story. It's been going on for too long now. Well, so I'm you fed know, up. And, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go, 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 go. It's fine. I, just real quick, I'm fed up with Rome Brock too, so don't get it twisted. But I do feel like I don't know if we can fully walk away from it and never have to go back to it again until Roman and Braun get down. Because Braun is a part of this too now. Mm-hmm. And now that we're going to have this one match, which is canon but isn't canon because it's going to be in Saudi Arabia, and we're almost guaranteed Brock is going to be the winner. We don't know if Roman or Braun will win, but I'm pretty sure Brock won't win because Rick said he's got to go fight DC yeah, in January it. or February. At least we know that just because Brock is in a title picture, he ain't going to be every week. He ain't wrestling until November. We got six weeks until that match happens, essentially. So, And it makes perfect sense that he won his title back. So I'm not pressed about that, per se. I'm, that, but that's what I was saying. Go ahead, Rick. I, I don't mind that he wants his title back because from a KFA point of view, it makes sense. Why wouldn't you want your rematch I hate that he wants his title back. <laughs> you know, uh, like, so I'll, I'll read, I want to read, quickly read something to you. So me and, Bra- me and Clive were texting uh, when we were in, after Hell in a Cell, just didn't work. And I, I text him saying, um, I guess they'd done it to protect Braun, but my God, fuck Braun. So then he replied saying, stop going to stupid lengths to protect people. And then I replied saying, I could cry. That, this is this was raw emotion how I was feeling at the time. So Kai Thunder says, I'm happy not to talk about the podcast. And I says, no, we need to address it. I'm sad. I'm an emotional mess. I'm on the verge of joining my building. Five floors high, so I may not die. I'll recover, then do the whole process all over again. <laughs> I, my, my head was all over the place on Monday morning. Um, my response should have been, cool story, bro. Your response right. was just laughing. <laughs> but, um... Mm. Wow! It makes sense from Brock. Like I say, wants his title shot back. That's all well and good, but now I don't think he will win it. But mm-hmm. the worry and fear is all there that he could win it back. Um, and like I, like I said, I agree with Rance. So you spent four, or five weeks or however long it was building up this Braun and Brock thing, sacrificing other people, like i.e. the rest of the roster. They had a good thing going on, and now Brock's kind of. Inserted into it. I saw reports that saying that 
this wasn't like a last minute thing. This was a plan. This was in the plans. Um, and in terms of the actual match, where Cloud says it was slow and ponderous, I think, like when you're in a cell match, like we all kind of are waiting for that one moment where someone jumps off the top of a cell or some crazy stunt kind of happens. But when you're in the hell in a cell, it kind of it's such a confined space that you're limited to what you can and can't really do. And the great thing about Roman and Brock when they were having a feud a couple of years back was that it was spilling out everywhere. So you're kind of limited, like I say, to just that sort of like 15 square foot or whatever it is. Um, I don't... I still don't understand why Seth and Dolph had to go through the tables. For me, that was just a kind of a spot, just to give people that spot. Um, Drew McIntyre and Ambrose disappeared. You know, they were they are st- they're still up there. I mean, I don't think that was actually them that appeared on Raw. They're still on top of that cell. Um, <laughs> oh, it's like the fake razor and the fake diesel. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, just... the real Ambrose still has scraggly hair. This is a fake one. This is a clone. <laughs> Like it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like terrible, but it, I felt it could have been a lot better. And I think, I suppose, I suppose, and if you want to try and spin it in a positive way, you could turn around and say that well, they've left a lot more meat on the bone for anything in a month's time or two months' time. But I, I mean, a real solid, good pay per view. Barring one or two little things that we might touch on, it was a good pay per view. But I think we just left it um, on a similar note. See, that's that's been my issue with Brock. And that's what's sorry, and that's I think that's what's kind of getting lost in all this emotional, emotional, the emotional um, aftermath of seeing Brock is that we actually witnessed some some really good matches and overall really good pay per view, but just that ending really left it, like I said, in a similar note, for, especially for myself. And I, I, all I could think about in aftermath was that Brock was back, and not in a good way. That's how I've been feeling with Brock for over a year now. Just. Everything else on the main, the main roster can be good. It can be excellent sometimes, but then you've got his shadow that looms over everything else, and that happened in a microcosm fashion at Hell in a Cell, where that was a... Honestly, I was te- texting Ricky on the morning, I was watching it saying, this is a pretty solid pay-per-view, by the way. I was enjoying it. Really good matches. I was even enjoying the Ronda Rousey match, which we'll talk about in a wee while. But then Brock comes back. Here we go again. And just the reliance on part-timers at the end of the day, your ro- your main roster is packed to the rafters with people that are just as capable to put on a good show. That's not fair anymore, though, Brian. That's not fair anymore. What's not fair? When we talk about the reliance on part-timers, there's one, and it's Brock, and he just had the title for 500 days. He's not Jericho coming back and wrestling for three months in the mid-card doing something random. You know, or Shane coming back for his random-ass three matches a year where he jumps off something and breaks his neck. This is the guy who was the face of the company for 500 days. So this isn't just a random part-timer coming back. This is a guy who had the title for 500 days. How many days and, was and, it? And, and, and I'm sorry, real quick, just to add to that. Name me one other part-timer that's current right now. Triple H. Um, Ross Triple H, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. That's, but, that's a, but that's a house show. That's not canon. That's not canon to WWE. That's not kind of the main roster storylines. It exists in its own plane. And if we're being truthfully, think about where both of those matches, the, the Triple H-Taker match and the rumored Brothers of Destruction versus DX match, are both happening at house show matches. 
The They're story? both happening in Australia and in Saudi Arabia. That's not canon. Now, if they come out there and have a promo with somebody current, I will take back what I'm saying. But there's no part-timers with Brock. That's canon to main roster. Agreed. It isn't canon, the Triple H stuff, but it's still taking up quite a lot of segment time on Monday Night Raw. Okay. Okay, I can accept I, that. I agree there. I think to sort of... That's fine. Brock Lesnar probably is the only true real part-timer. Um, but I think the difference, like we say, the difference between Brock and the other ones is that... I never want to say he's holding hostage. He's not holding anything hostage. I don't believe in that word. But he's a part-timer, and I understand he's a champion, but he was in the main event scene the entire time, and that's my only issue with having a part-timer there. If it was like a... Like a kind of Goldberg type of deal. Like, yeah, he was only there for three months, but he was there pretty much every single week. Whether he was maybe not involved in things, but he was certainly cutting promos, etc. I can, I would even accept that. But this whole being there once or twice, and then disappearing for about two months, and then coming back—that I wouldn't okay. care if I was on a mid card. If I was in a mid card, okay, so be it. But it was just because the universal title wasn't there, and that's what I think a lot bothered a lot of people. Because if if he was doing this is what Jericho was doing, or to a certain extent, Cena, Cena as well, then I don't think many people would be that bothered. I don't think so many people would have so many ill feelings towards him. But the title's there now. Right? Uh, that's that's good. Um, like, I said, I don't, like I said, I don't think he'll win it. But there's still that slight worry that okay, that's Vince, Vince will be like, well, what if you walk into the UFC with this title? That's yeah, the only the worry. If that's the case, then he never would have lost it because exactly. winning the title for a couple of months is different than holding it for six hundred days. That would have been... what, but you just you genuinely don't know what Vince is thinking at times. He, Whether he, he decides last minute who like, I don't think he will win it and I think we're kind of I wouldn't say we're getting worried for no reason. I think we've got every reason to be slightly worried by it, but I think it's just because it's just there in the back of your mind, like, what if he does win it? Like what I what I think it that's is. That's my only worry. I think we're still treating this is something that we do as people, not just fans, but as people. We're still treating this situation with Brock like it was months ago. It's a completely different situation. And it's so close that we're running them together. But this Brock, I can't say what he's gonna do every week. I don't know. I can't say what he's gonna do in the ring. I don't know. This is what I do know. Five hundred day champion Brock and this Brock are different just by proxy in the fact that this Brock doesn't have a belt. This Brock can't hold the show hostage because the show will go on without him, whether he's there or not. But now we can really go on without him because the main prize is going to be on Raw every week in multiple segments with multiple feuds. Mm-hmm. So he's literally just a guy who's going to be in matches now instead of a guy <clears throat> who has the main championship and the show doesn't have the hierarchy correctly because he's missing. So I think it's different, and I think we need to acknowledge that while we may still not want Brock there, we may still not like the style of match Brock wrestles at this point, and we still might be scared that Brock might hold the show hostage again if he wins the title, but it's different now. Ricky, I don't think, I think we need to worry about I think, I think the reason why some people are worried and how people can't see it like that is that people say, well, look what's took place these sort of last four years or so or whatever it is. And I think people say, well, say, well, the track record says this. How can we not feel like you might do it again? 
Like I says, I don't think he will win it, but it's just the fear is there that he could win it. Like, mm. hand on my heart, I, I think Roman walks out with the title. But, like I says, it's just that slight fear knowing that he's in the match and you just have no idea what Vince could be thinking on that day. I don't think they will change... The title will change hands for a couple of reasons. Obviously, Brock's got this UFC thing. There is the argument about having a universal title in the octagon. Fair enough. But they've got the chance, if they follow the same format that they have for Survivor Series over the last couple of years, or last year especially, champion versus champion, then there's a possibility that we have Roman Reigns versus AJ Styles in November. And those guys can lock horns well, as as evidenced in their 2016 couple-of-month feud that they had. Um, AJ Styles tapped out mid pinfall. What's your thoughts on that? The AJ Styles job match. Yes. That was a well. Night. Okay, so so I want to address something that I think it was you that had a problem with, Clive. Mm-hmm. You, I believe, I want to say it was you had an issue with AJ tapping right before the pin, right? Uh-huh. So my response to that is. And just just to be clear, you don't watch combat sports like boxing MMA, right? No. Okay. So as a combat sports fan my whole life, I've watched boxing my whole life. I got an MMA around the time Liddell and uh, and uh, Couture were fighting in the heavyweight division. So that was 15 years ago, 10 years ago. I've, I've, I'm a combat sports fan. The one thing I know is when you have to tap, there's no, oh, hold on a little longer. You have to tap. That's mm. funny you say that because I quite remember I said that exact thing to you on the train on Monday. That one could argue that it, like he didn't really know like it was a two pinfall. He just tapped. Like, so he wasn't really aware of what was going on around him other than the fact that he was kind of getting choked out. Because that's, that's funny you say that because I said pretty much the exact same thing word for word in a sense to Clive on Monday. The, so the reason, the, the reason you tap in a situation like that is not just because the pain's too much. It's because, and let me use Sasha and Charlotte in their Iron Man match, Iron Woman match, when, remember, they went in OT, and they went in OT because um, Charlotte had her in the figure four, figure eight, and she Sasha was up one, but Sasha had to tap, like, a second before the clock ended, and they went in OT, right? Uh-huh. In Sasha's mind, if she doesn't tap her leg breaks. See, the same happened with the Iron Man match with Bailey, where it was two all with seconds to spare at NXT respect, and she still tapped mm-hmm. out. So, okay. But surely AJ sort of backwards rolled into the pin move, knowing. Uh, Did he know? Or was that just a natural reaction? Again, like, I've been in, I've, I, I'm not a fighter. I'm not even going to sit here in front like I am or nothing like that. But I've, I've been in situations with friends where we've been messing around and put each other in submission holds. And when you know you got to tap, you tap. And you do some crazy shit to get out of it just naturally. Mm-hmm. And then when it gets to that point, there's no, oh, hold on five more seconds. You might not have, you might not have five more seconds. Okay. You know what I mean? I get for me like I, maybe maybe this is it was this was too difficult to do but maybe if you had AJ tap at just as the third fall 
happened, so it kind of no. happened at the same time. I just don't know if that's even possible, though, to do. It's possible, but I'm glad they didn't because I'm really tired of this ambiguous, oh, both people won situation. And I'm glad that Joe technically was supposed to win the match, but AJ ended up winning, and now Joe feels like he was robbed. I'd much rather that than both of them saying, oh, well, we both won, and have both referees come out. and do, I'm like, that's, I think that's over. I think it's overdone, personally. Yeah. And, 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 and one thing real quick, Clive, mm-hmm. I will agree with you that it could have been a different finish that would have made the situation better. With that, I can, give, I can, give, I can agree with you on that. If, say, for instance, it was both of them. See, we're kind of skirting around the real issue here with regards to age title retention and that this is yet another controversial finish to one of his title matches, whether it's for the US title with Kevin Owens or the WWE title. It's, would you agree, Rance, that his reign as a sort of face champion has not really been that prestigious, as it were? I don't know if that's the right word, but... Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, well, first and foremost, the WWE title never is even let forget main eventing a show. It's never even at the end of the show. It's always in the middle middle part. Mm-hmm. So, and word to my boy Kyle because he hates that. But uh, yeah, it's definitely something up with it. But then the question comes as to why, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean. I have my thoughts. What do y'all think? Ricky? So I think Rance is going to say that he thinks, is it because you think AJ is holding the title and they don't see him as like a top two or three kind of guy? No, no. I, Vince, has, Vince has been on record as saying he wishes he had AJ 10 years ago. Vince is AJ guy. Vince loves AJ. The pro, here's the problem. And, and uh, By the way, Quick little tangent. You know me and my daughter, I, I told you guys, but if you those of you listening might not know, me and my daughter, uh, I took my daughter to her first real WWE show Saturday, day before Hell in the Cell at a house show. And, of course, AJ has the most merch. AJ gets good reactions, real good reactions, especially with families because kids love him because of the gloves and he's athletic and he does the hand thing and all that. But the issue is, and I'm going to get killed for this. I know I'm going to get killed for this. I don't care. The issue is, there's nothing about AJ that is interesting outside of the ring. To mm. us, to diehards, AJ's the man. AJ's the best wrestler in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Better than Omega, better than Okada. He's the best wrestler in the world, as far as I'm concerned. But much like my revival rants, what does AJ bring to the table that is of that is of interest outside of him being a phenomenal wrestler. His promo work wasn't the best in TNA Impact. It's been better in WWE, and it was great as a heel. Uh, oh, but but when was, he was a heel, it was a lot better. But when he was a heel, he had a real point. I was a guy who's better than everybody here, but I was left back. Y'all moved past me. I got a chip on my shoulder. It was different. Now. I'm just the best. I'm the best in the world. I'm best. I'm best. I'm the best wrestler. Cool, cool. But don't you think there's a reason all of his feuds get to the same point? His feud with Owens got personal. His feud with AJ with uh, um, Shane got personal. His feud with um, Shinsuke got personal. 
feud with Joe gets personal. His feuds get personal because there's nothing there character-wise to, to go with. So do you not think he's versatile enough to... or in order to have different types of feuds or different storylines to feuds other than... No, I, this is what it is, like, point blank. I don't think he has a character in a world where characters matter at the top of the card. Has he main evented anything? <laughs> uh, he's main evented yeah. SmackDown pay per views, but yeah. and, but the dual branded ones, I don't think he's ever main evented as in this iteration as world champ. I don't think so. I don't know why I asked that question because I, I know that he's. It's a fair question. It just feels like such a long time ago. Fastlane was probably the last one. And can we can we also admit? Can we also talk about the fact that he's been champion for a year? Does anybody remember that? Uh huh. It was the usually usually WWE come to England or Scotland the week or so before Survivor Series, so it's close to a year. We're about a month away, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, month and a half, but yeah. So why, if if they don't have enough versatility from him, why is he still the champion then? Because he sells the best merch. He has the best matches. He's the most consistent. And and this is this is this is this is a very important to note. Daniel Bryan was hurt when he got the title. All right, okay. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So if Bryan's hurt, and name me another face on that show besides Bryan who had remember Jeff Hardy wasn't back when AJ won the title. Bryan was still hurt when he won the title. There was no other face on that show that had real <laughs> main event clout, which is why AJ. <laughs> Fought everybody. Who <clears throat> wasn't the face back then? But okay, now sure, now sure. And and I and I'll say this on the pod. I've said this in our personal conversations. Rusev will win a world championship by this time next year because he's officially getting the slow burn. But and the impact zone. So he what the impact world title? Damn. And the impact zone. But no, AJ's going to lose the title to some heel soon, whether it's Joe or Miz or something. Um, and I'll be here for it because it'll be enough. T- it'll, it will have been enough time, and it will have been the right time to put it on a heel to carry the show again. Uh-huh. But AJ isn't okay. Let me ask you guys one more question to make my point, and then I give it to you. I'll step back. If you were to name the top five wrestlers on WWE, I'm sorry, on SmackDown. In terms of interest, just male, not even females, because Becky's number one. We get that. Just on interest alone, what number is AJ for you? Okay. I'm not the right person to ask because I know, Rand, that I wouldn't say you put character over wrestling or in-ring. I think you understand and you appreciate the character side a lot. Not so much a lot more than I do, but for me, I would take... The great wrestler over the great character. So, um, I know people don't like to mention his name, but like Chris Benoit is without a doubt one of the absolute greatest, like in ring wrestlers. Character wise, like you know, I can't remember when he cut a good promo or he done anything memorable. But I'm not the right person to ask because for me, I would put AJ number one because of how great I think he is. So I would leave. Not in terms of what you like, in terms of their interest right now based on what they've done. Interest because of because of what he's able to do in the ring. 
So, so then it's I'm not trying, I, based, you're, you're not picking based on what's happened. You're picking based on what you know could happen. No, I, I'm looking at it in a sense that I know how great he is, so I find his matches interesting. I'm not talking about the character per se. For me, it's what they are able to do in the ring. Has so he even had good matches to you Joe matches. Forget about the the first finish made sense for the way they went with it. I didn't really have an issue with the finish there. It depends. Like I'm not going to say they were great, but Nakamura feud could have been a lot better if he never gave us some of the finishes. But the general, like from the first belt up until say 30 seconds, a minute before it ends, they were good matches. I'm not ready to say they're like. You know, um, Gargano Champ or uh, Gargano Almas or anything like that. I'm not ready to put it on that level, but there were still good matches. To answer your question, I would then put Rusev in the top. But I, I think that that Rusev pick would be then more character driven. Okay. Because I yeah. I remember I remember his first US title run when he walked in when he came into WrestleMania with a fucking tank. Um, his Rusev Day gimmick just now and then I would also put Joe in there as well because Joe is arguably the best in the company when you factor kind of everything in make mm-hmm. what character ring in ring ability etc etc um, but I would still always have AJ there because for me I put the wrestling above anything else okay I would say the, I'm, sorry, sorry sorry about one last thing and, and like I said it's not I, that my outlook, the way I look at wrestling, I feel like it's wrestling ability only. That's not right, and that's not wrong. It's just like I says, I'm not so like you, like I says you. You prefer the characters, and I prefer the wrestling. It's just it's different. It's that is what it is. Like I said, there's characters, right. people who don't have that great wrestling ability. Who the character wise, I Bray Wyatt, who I absolutely adore. I'll shut up now, Clive. Sorry. Uh, I was too. I was trying to think of a, a sort of top five in terms of interest from from me. I would say Joe is at top. Um, with Miz behind him, and Daniel Bryan as well. But so probably I would still keep AJ in the fi- top five, but he's not the most interesting thing on SmackDown for me. Obviously, the thing going on with Becky and Charlotte at the moment is the most interesting sure. feud going on. That's that's a given. But that might be the whole company, yeah. Mm-hmm. In terms of the male roster, I would say that Joe is the best at the moment. But that's the thing, there's not many other more. People are singing well, SmackDown's praises, but is it that great? So, again, I'm a Raw guy, but if I were to give you my five, just the interest, and this has nothing to do with bias, it has nothing to do with what I like, just based on watching the shows and what interests me, what I want to see more of, Joe, Miz, Brian, Randy Orton, Aiden English. Right. What? So you're quite happy with Randy Orton right now? You don't want Kyle to hear this, do you? Well, I mean, you know, that's, I, I, I love my brother, but me and Kyle will forever fight about Randy. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a, a, a lifelong Randy fan, but for, again, taking biases away, taking whatever I like or don't like, just watching television. Randy Orton has been one if if the if Samoa Joe didn't exist, Randy Randy Orton's been the most compelling heel on television the past months. 
He just has. That was one of the better matches of the night as well, the opener on Sunday. One, one of the better cell matches we've seen in years. Oh, there's been my quite funny. It's quite funny because I think it was on the podcast last week. I said I actually lost interest in this match, and it felt like this feud had been on for so long. But the match itself was excellent. Yeah, it's what you would expect and want from a Hell in a Cell match. If you're going to go all in with the gimmick, then they definitely went all in. Jeff Hardy's face has still to be peeled off the mat, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> Jeff Hardy's face is on the mat, and Ambrose and uh, entire still on top of the cage. It was a hell of a show. <laughs> and I know I was, I was I was really at the forefront of this. I said it last week, and I say it at countless time in our Facebook Messenger group, and I say it at countless time in our WhatsApp group that you know um, Jeff Hardy's going to die in the, in the cell, etc. And you know I'm here for that, but <laughs> but that was all tongue in cheek. Like I don't ever need to see those kind of bumps because that that was that was horrible. That was it was horrible, but it was fairly safe too. Front facing. I I said I, I I joke so much about it, but I just didn't need to see it. I I don't need to see Jeff Hardy doing that kind of shit again. Like the like it was was it not on that SmackDown a few weeks ago where he was he done a swanton bomb onto the side of the ring apron and stuff, and it's just what are you doing? Enough's enough. The one- then I think someone someone I don't know if it was in a. T- or it was in a messenger group someone says he was out doing house shows on a Monday night <laughs> well okay but let's we, we, so remember when Mick Foley did all that shit that happened to him uh, and the Hell in a Cell that year you uh-huh. remember the next night he wrestled on Monday Night Raw so these yeah. people are crazy yeah that wasn't the worst part of the match for me it was the part where Randy Orton sort of released suplex Jeff onto the the upside down ladder and see this, oh, that was horrible! Right onto the ribs. Yes, then the ear with the screwdriver oh. and his face it looked like he was busting. Like, bro, like you can't t- you can't watch what Orton's doing and enjoy heel wrestling and tell me that that's not some of the best stuff you've seen. See, one of the other things that Ricky spotted as well, which what? I actually appreciated, was Randy Orton. One of his signature moves as a sort of one-handed superplex. Well, he did that on Sunday, but he didn't wait for Jeff Hardy to be ready for the up and over. He launched him, and Jeff Hardy was still trying to find his footing when he was already vertical, upside down. I don't know if that's unsafe or not, but that was good. That that looked and could have been real dangerous. (laughs) I know, just launched him. Because it was... He was still sort of in mid-air, and you were looking at it, and you were like, oh, he's going to drop in or him on his head all at the last minute you just sort of saw them getting into position and, and they were able to execute it but that for a split second looked like it could have been really really bad mm-hmm. well well, they, well they've been wrestling each other for over a decade so they trust each other and I think Orton knows how to do a superplex look at his daddy oh I don't doubt Orton knows how to super, superplex but it's just it just that just one moment out. it looked like it was about to go wrong uh huh it made it look better though, didn't it? It made the oh, whole spot feel more vicious. It did. It did. I will admit, but slight interest in go. what Randy Orton's doing at the moment, so I don't know who his next victim will be. Well, that poor, poor man backstage who was at the on SmackDown who was harassing someone. They can't the, uh, production production. Yeah. Team. Um, 
I'm not entirely sure where he could go next, to be honest. Then who? Maybe, maybe, maybe Daniel Bryan. I don't, I don't, because this is the Jeff Hardy Randy Orton feud already happened nine years ago. They've already had a feud between Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton. Okay, you have or, to. Or Randy Orton and AJ. Aye. Take the, yeah, I would be happy with that. I'd just rather they gave us a fresh matchup. Sometimes it would need to be AJ Mays, yeah. Sometimes matchups are feuds are cyclical and they return and revolve, but I don't want to keep going down that route with Randy Orton. So, well, who's new that he can feud with as a face? Eh, uh, truth <laughs> For the record, had... for the record, y'all, mm-hmm. truth is over. Like, uh, don't he, bro? He's over. Yes. The land of opportunity that has SmackDown Live. So we're kind of we've got the the negatives out of the way, as we've said before. The rest of the show was pretty decent, including that hell in a cell between Randy Orton and Jeff. Guys, once again, I'm holding my hand up. I enjoyed the Ronda Rousey match. I know I should. I know I'm quite vocal when it comes to Ronda Rousey's use on Raw where it just doesn't work out so well for me personally. But I thought the story that they told in that match, for me it was actually believable. Okay, it's Alexa Bliss, you're not led to believe that she can be competitive against Ronda Rousey, but there was a specific moment in that match where Alexa Bliss and her goons were causing distractions at at the ringside. Ronda came over and tried to talk them back. Alexa grabbed Ronda's hair and did a sort of snapmare over onto the ropes. So obviously Ronda's neck's going to be a bit sore. Then Alexa comes in and starts working on the ribs. And that made the match competitive. Not to a massive degree, but it still, it was able to let the match play out a bit more. You had all the shenanigans that went on. Fair enough, it happened. But it was a match that I was invested in. And it wasn't one I was invested in going into the match. So fair play. And my stance on Ronda's... The negative stance on Ronda is waning a bit. What about you, Ricky? Did you enjoy that match? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been singing Ronda praises since since she arrived. Um, I've said that she's on like a cut angle type, um, not 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 the exact trajectory because his went just through the roof. But she's she's I'm not saying she's keeping pace or anything, but she's on a good trajectory. And like I say, it's reminiscent of how well Cut took to uh, wrestling in his first year or so. Um, Ronda's the same way. I think, like I said, everything's just going to get better and better and better as time goes on. Like the match itself, I said last week, I wanted to kind of see a rerun of the Summer Someone, but going into it where she already had sort of like bruised or hurt ribs or whatever, it was fine. I guess it kind of made sense for Alexa to kind of take advantage of that and have like, um, as you put her guns at ringside. Um, that's all well and good. So, like I say, the match itself was fine. Um, I didn't expect Alexa to win anyway. Uh, but for me, the big thing coming out of it was what happened on Raw, where wrote the backstage segment with with Ronda, Natalia, and the Bella Twins, mm-hmm. which was like, how to do an open challenge. Oh. And I'm kind of hoping that would be quite interesting if they'd done that for the women. Now, I mean, you kind of, you know, some people might say, well, how like it comes across a little bit stupid, like. It's obvious just going to the ring and declare yourself having a, an open challenge or whatnot, but I, I I think that'd be quite good. And I wonder, 
I know it was kind of in the time we got kind of dragged out, but when her music hit, you kind of thought, oh, is this now where they're about to maybe to start breaking them two up? Because that feud's eventually going to happen at some point. Lance? Yeah. Yeah, well, the, so the Natalia feud is going to happen eventually, but it's going to be a while now because, if I'm being frank, you can't turn her heel when her daddy died. It's just, no, 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 no. you know? Um, and she would have to. Secondly, I love that Brian gave Ronda some love, but what I need Brian to do, what I need Clivey Poo to do, is I need for him to acknowledge that at least Ronda's full time now. Because yeah. I remember one of your biggest issues was well, Ronda's not there every week. <laughs> I told you. She's been there every week. She missed like three weeks because she had contract obligations to something else. She's there every week. Yep. I'll accept that. Well, my work is done. And I had said a few months ago with regards to Ronda, the only way I'm going to be able to buy into this if, is if she has... If she has to have adversity in the in the form of goons like Alicia Fox, Melissa, um, Mickey James, all these people, Melissa James, <laughs> Melissa James whoever that is, <laughs> but there has to be even if the obstacles ahead in front of her are stupid, they've got to be annoying and bratty enough that she can't like go full full Goldberg streak mode and just destroy everything in sight. She can't go down the road that Brock Lesnar went down where there is just no competition for her. So if it's niggly, sure. niggly stupid injuries like ribs, uh, which happens, if it snapmares onto the, the rope fr- via the hair, which throws her off balance, good. That's what I want. I want to see the quote-unquote unbeatable struggle. And she is struggling. The selling's not too bad. She does search for the hard cam when she's selling and stuff like that, but I'm not going to go down that road tonight. She's getting a thumbs up from me. Not two thumbs up, just one. That's that's a lot better than we've gotten. Mm-hmm. I also want to acknowledge that uh, what I appreciate about Rhonda in context of what you're saying with her adversity, what I appreciate is she's playing. she's really playing up the fact that I'm new to this. Like, well, guys, how do you go out there and do an open challenge? Do you have to tell somebody? She's really playing up that she's new to this, which could in turn and actually has in situations affect her in ring. That's the only reason Alexa felt like she could beat her, because Alexa has been doing this and is smarter than her in the ring. We all know when it comes to in ring, nobody should beat Ronda, technically, Uh right? We That's essentially that's what we, I mean, Oscar and Charlotte probably stand with her, but that's the conventional wisdom. But the way you beat Ronda is, like you said, either you have you give her adversity with the goons or you take her out of her element and outsmart her. And she's opened that door for somebody to do that. Just for your example, when Natalia finally turns, she's going to beat Ronda the first time because Ronda won't see it coming. She's not prepared for that in wrestling because she's so new. Uh-huh. And like I said, I said a few weeks back, on top of that, like, the narrative could well be, yeah, Ronda's not prepared, but Natalia's whole shtick and gimmick and storyline thing would be that I've taught you everything. It was like I was at the training center with you every day. I've shown you what to do. I know what you can and can do. For I'm the best person to take advantage of your, of your, um, of your. What's the word I'm looking for? Your, your flaws. Your flaws. So that makes sense. Um, 
this is, I think that'll be a good little feud between those two because I'm a big fan of Natalia. Um, but you know, it's just good to hear Clive actually getting on board now with Ronda. Um, it was I saw the tweet when she hit that was it the gut wrench powerbomb at the house show mm-hmm. on the Saturday or Friday whenever it was, and at that point when you say something along the like, right, well she could, like, now I'm starting to believe I'm starting to like her or whatnot. So. Like I said, it took, your t- it took your time to get there, but you got there eventually. And like I said all along, I knew you were going to like her. Um, she's only going to get better and better. Um, kind of excited what they're going to do. I'm really looking forward to when she finally gets in with Sasha and Bailey. I think those will be real great feuds as well. The, I do take issue with the Kurt Angle ref comparisons, though, in terms of the initial trajectory. Uh, for- not, what I say is, was they're not on that exact same path because Kurtz was literally like it just skyrocketed. But I only use that as a comparison in the sense that, like, I'm not saying they're on the exact same path and the same trajectory, but they only compare. I've always I've just used it a comparison, saying that look, look how well Kurt took to it and just how great he became after short, such a short space of time. That Ronda's not on the same path, not on the same trajectory, but she's kind of doing the same kind of thing. How just come in as completely new to it but she's picked it up really really quickly that's my only well, sort of comparison but why is she down on the same trajectory why do you think so right what, what, what's what's different Kurt I Hang- think it's just how great Kurt was because yeah I mean Kurt Angle was very accomplished in the ring early doors he was having really good matches with Jericho Benoit even in that triple threat at Wrestlemania 2000 his first his first promo Mid-match, might I add, against Sean Stasiak, who actually followed us on Twitter last week, in case anyone's interested. Oh, big stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that was, like obviously at the time, young guy, didn't like Kurt Angle, but looking back, he had it nailed. He had th- th- these theatrics that I've been looking for from Ronda, he had them nailed early doors, and she's still so, theatrics. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. How long did how long did Kurt have to prepare compared to how long Ronda had? Because if you remember, Kurt Angle was going to sign with ACW in 1996. That's right, and then he wasn't a fan of the crucifixion angle. So Kurt Angle had, his, had a chance to wrap his mind around wrestling for a few years. Ronda had a couple of months before her match. Okay. So I mean, like I get what you're saying. In terms of in ring ability, Ronda Ronda hasn't wrestled except for the except for the SummerSlam match. Ronda hasn't wrestled a less than a four star match damn near. All the pay per view matches have been by four stars. And from in ring perspective, she's neck and neck with where Kurt was when he started. From a, from a character perspective, you're absolutely right. But let's also remember too, and I'm just I'm being because I'm, I'm sticking up for my girl. Vince completely did everything with Kurt. Kurt said that they're not going to boo me. Vince said, say this, they'll boo you. Kurt said what Vince told him to say, he booed him. Mm-hmm. Vince ain't telling Ronda what to do. Vince just told Ronda to smile. So yeah. Kurt was being produced by Vince. Ronda go out there doing what she want. You know, you know what's going to be great? I know he's saying the top right, but see when Ronda eventually at some point turns heel, that's when you're really going to start to see... Look, I'm not going to say how great it is. You're going to really hate her because a lot of people, a lot of people didn't like her in her MMA days because of the way she came across, and not just the way you need to come across on TV as that kind of character. And it won't be difficult for her to do. 
I can't see her turning heel for a long time. She's still in the honeymoon period in the sense that it's, she's still like this brand new sort of toy, shiny toy, etc. Um, if if they do eventually go Ronda and Charlotte at uh, WrestleMania, I don't see her turning at that point either. I, I was I think long before she does eventually turn, but she's going to turn at some point, and that will be. I look forward to that day. Yeah. With with Ronda Charlotte. If that is the plan for WrestleMania 35, there's no way that Ronda's going into that as the heel because people don't like Charlotte right now. A, a certain contingent do, do, but not enough for Charlotte to be considered an equal face with Ronda in that match. Well, but there's again, there's the pedigree. There's the, there's the history. There is the athleticism because neck and neck from an athletic standpoint, they're right next, they're right there with each other. Um, and then there's always the, like I said, the pedigree, the 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 flair. Like, do it with flair. They can make it work. Do it with flair, absolutely. Oh, I think they will. I think it will be a good feud if it, if and when it happens. So what I'm just saying is that Ronda won't be a, a feel a feel a heel anytime soon. So, since we're talking about Charlotte, um, Charlotte longer the SmackDown Women's Champion, thanks to a, a clean win by Becky. However, I believe that that was a slightly botched win. I'm not sure what the pin was supposed to be, if it was a pin, because it looked like Becky was going to go for a disarm her, but quickly turned it into a pin. There wasn't any replay of the, the pinfall. It just seemed a bit out of the blue for me. And I wonder if that's actually what was meant to happen. I, I, I assume that Becky was supposed to win, but it wasn't very smooth. Ricky? Yeah, I agree. I feel like I either say this to yourself or Rance that, like, it, when you get, like, the schoolboy package, like, in kayfabe sense, it's the element of surprise that it takes you by. Therefore, you can't kick out or whatever from it. But it was just literally, <clears throat> they kind of ran and they kind of bumped one another and they rolled over a little bit and then that was it. And it just, it felt, it felt and looked strange. Um, I says, I don't know, I don't know if it was Boston, maybe that's just what was supposed to happen. I, I don't know. For me, Becky was meant to win, obviously, but the match itself was good. Um, I was kind of surprised that Becky win at this moment in time because last week I said that I think Becky will win it. It's dumb. I just didn't think she was going to win it there on Sunday. Um, and obviously they're now going to have the rematch at the at the Australia show as well. I would I'm I'd be surprised if Becky doesn't hold the title for at least a few more months, maybe if not longer. But like I say, the finish the finish of the match really did catch me by surprise. It just it didn't look very clean. Mm-hmm. You'd mentioned that you didn't think Becky would win. Rance, you want to chime in with this one? I do, yes. Um, so I was shocked Becky won. I was absolutely flabbergasted. In fact, I was gobsmacked. <laughs> Where did you learn that? Word term? My, yay, words my boy Brian. Um, I was shocked, yes. Because I'm a story guy, as we all know. Story is always paramount to me. The story of this feud as told as eloquently as it had told is Becky had to work to get the things Charlotte was naturally given 
Becky had to fight to get the opportunities Charlotte was naturally given. Becky got to a point where she felt she was the best in her career. Charlotte came in and, in her mind, stole it from her. That made Becky tired of feeling like she was second best and in Flair's shadow. This is the story. So the story has to end with Becky either realizing she's not as good as Charlotte or Becky finally getting past all those demons in her head to outlast Charlotte and prove to Charlotte she's just as good, as, if not better. That's the goal. And they blew their load in the first match. Mm-hmm. Where do you go from here? What is the purpose of them even finishing anymore? What's them furthering? I understand they tried to keep the heat going with Charlotte going to shake her hand and Becky not doing it in the last night, them getting into it. But, okay. What's next? Why should I care? Yeah, what's next? Why should I care about them winning? So now, what I feel is, just from watching, this isn't what I feel in my heart, but this is what I can deduce from just watching TV again, not looking at any backstage stuff, just watching TV. Charlotte beat Carmella, who everybody knows is beatable, to get in the match. Charlotte snuck a win from Becky when Becky was about to make her tap into SummerSlam triple threat because natural selection, she hit it from her behind. Becky, Charlotte can't be Becky, as far as, I, as from my mind. And so what's it, the point? And it was a clean, although there's the contractual rematch, that was a clean win. So Charlotte, clean. Charlotte's not got much to do. If she loses the rematch again, that's it. It's done. Charlotte is looking like a geek. And yep. this is Charlotte Flair. Seven world championships in four years. She looks like a geek. And the the worst part of all of it is people still think she's the heel. Oh, oh no, that's argument again. Does, does it I'm not, we, don't have to have it. we don't have to have it. I'm not getting on at you, but does does that matter? And that's To feels- me no. It doesn't mm. matter to me, but let me tell you why it matters in the context of the conversation we're having now. Just, okay. just, just, because I don't care. <laughs> but it matters in the purpose of this context because the backlash from what the fans felt about Becky getting what she, what they wanted to have without being it being in it the way they wanted to be it in has very clearly led to WWE changing course. I've not got anything any evidence to suggest otherwise with that one to be honest so that bothers me because if heel and face meant that much to the fans to complain enough for WWE to change something Mm -hmm. then it's got to matter and it annoys me because people cheer heels all the time as they're doing here it's been like that for years so just because they get to be the face of the company, the, as in the commercial face of the company, she should be babyface. But, like, broken record now, her reasons for her actions are justified for in her, in her bitter self. Her actual actions aren't. And the shying away from the handshake, not fair, Charlotte was doing the right thing, a babyface thing. But as you say, I've not really got anything to suggest that this wasn't the plan all along. Ricky? Three things. Three? Ran says... It'll be three quick things. Ran says Charlotte's been made out to be a geek. 
This is the best female wrestler in the fucking company. Like, and people are going to get on her because she hijacked or shoved her way into the main uh, into the title scene or whatnot or whatever. Like, she was given an opportunity that she took advantage of. Kayfish, right? Blame Paige. Don't yep. blame yep. Charlotte. Yep. Page, yeah. Second, second, second thing. <laughs> I, me personally, I've not been this interested in Becky Lynch in probably ever. Agreed. Third thing. Charlotte was getting more cheers than Becky Lynch when Becky was a quote-unquote, was a face and everyone loved her. That's fact. Uh, Agreed. It's strange when you don't, when when, when you don't get your way, you start to throw your toys out the pram and whatnot. And I get it, like, sometimes you don't like it and that, like I said, I throw my toys at a pram when Brock Lesnar comes back. Some people might like it. I get it. But the way what's happening now, the way Charlotte's being treated and how she's getting booed all of a sudden because now she's going to start, she's going to start being treated like Roman or she's now getting the Roman Reigns treatment. It's like, this is utter fucking nonsense. Like, See that? I, it's just, it is. Do, do you know what it is? It is unbelievably boring. I feel like we talk about it all the time, and it's just it's just boring to listen to now. There are certain journalists who drive that narrative. Okay, there was a, and people weren't happy with what happened this sort of SmackDown right after SummerSlam, but Meltzer. What was, journalists? Eh? What journalists? Uh, Meltzer said that Charlotte's going to be seen as the new Roman Reigns and saying something about blondes getting more title opportunities and stuff like that, or the fact like blondes getting more chance at the top of the women's division. Since these... Becky's a natural blonde, isn't she? I don't know. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. I'm my bad. Sure. I'm going to stop making sense. I'm sorry. My bad. Uh... <laughs> she dyed her hair red, but that's not a conversation for us to have. I'm sorry. She should dye her hair black because she looked excellent with that wig and glasses oh. on. Uh, roll Tide, aye, definitely. Uh, well, I was going to say, that means I'm completely different here than it does. <laughs> okay. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah. The, the, the overwhelming outrage at people who are blonde being the world's champs and Becky not being the quote-unquote face or Charlotte being handed title opportunities even though she's like Arguably, the best woman on the both divisions that she's the next oh, Roman Reigns. You're you're forgetting Nikki Cross, Ricky. For goodness' sake! Dakota, oh Dakota, Charlotte, Charlotte. <laughs> um, well, it sounds awful, and that's what we all sound like. See, Charlotte being the best in the company is debatable because we are having this debate right now. So it's arguable. Ah, no, she's, still, she's still top three for the women, definitely. Yeah. That's why she's at the top, because she's got the pedigree. As Rance was saying, she has got the, the flair, literally and figuratively. But with when people like Melzer and Alvarez are going apeshit about the Becky Lynch-Charlotte stuff, Why? It's the it's the best story going on both brands at the moment. Hey, Alvarez because of Meltzer, right? Alvarez flies under the radar 
But he's a little fucking bit though. <laughs> he's he's probably worse than Meltzer in many ways. It's just he doesn't have the reach. Yeah, I've heard a, I've seen a couple of his hot takes on Twitter. I just this this is all I'm saying. Just just this is all I'm saying. At the end of the day, if you really care about a wrestler, do you care why or how they're pushed as long as they're pushed? Because they don't care if they're heels in a face in any other capacity, whether it's Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns, AJ versus John Cena, you're going to cheer who you want to cheer. So cheer, Becky. Fine, go for it. I got you one better, and Ricky's going to hate this, but it's factual. Go back and watch Brock Lesnar breaking into the Hell in a Cell. The crowd chanted, thank you, Brock. So I'm saying, like, Come on, I, I don't deny right. when when they, his music hit crowd the crowd pop when his music hit. But they're also trying. And, and this I, is I also admit when he started when he put the 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 cell door off. I was like, Do you know what? That's actually kind of cool because it but it still it, it channels all that Brock's a beast and you etc etc and look what you can do. And that, like I said, that that was kind of cool, but fuck Brock. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? One of the best moments of the night, I'll go back to positive stuff, was the final of the Raw tag team match. The very final move where Seth Rollins was in the middle of his superplex, then Falconaro, and Drew McIntyre came in and hit the Claymore. The timing on that was perfect. I know that um, a couple of us were saying that maybe, maybe the, what are they called, the show's timing was a bit off and Dean, Dean and Seth had to slow down. I didn't see that. I thought that was a very good-paced match from all four guys. Really good, as usual, when Dean and Seth are together. Drew's doing well. He's got his detractors, but Drew's doing very well for himself. One of the better call-ups we've had on from NXT in quite some time. Uh, so that was a really good match. Rance, what did you think of the match between some of your Shield guys? So, um, in terms of in terms of ta- like it was the best match of the night. Right, I think it was very clearly the best match of the night. The interesting thing to me uh, was the commentary, because what I love that they uh, Grays in particular were pushing, and this might be because Ambrose is rusty and just came back from injury and all this, but they were pushing that in the short time McIntyre and Ziggler have been together, they might have just as much, if not better, chemistry than Ambrose and Rollins, and I realize that's insane to think about but watch the match and the match solidified two things for me number one Drew McIntyre is a motherfucking beast oh yes he is when they call that man the Scottish Terminator that is the best most accurate maybe description of a wrestler in the company right now number one number two they really believe in Ziggler and McIntyre as a group because they slow burned them, they proved that they're just as good individually as together, and now not many people beat Ambrose and Rollins clean. Mm-hmm. Better yet, better yet, here's the interesting thing: who got the who who who, who took the fall? Ambrose, you would think, would take the fall because just came back, right? Mm-hmm. Seth took the fall. The Intercontinental Champion Seth took the fall. Monday Night Rollins took the fall. The guy who beats Ziggler every time they wrestle took the fall. That was interesting to me. And also on Monday Night Raw, Drew McIntyre decapitated Dean Ambrose with that Claymore. That, I love that move, oh, though. That's great. That was the best Claymore I've seen. 
No, no. Well, okay. So the best claim I've ever seen is when he was wrestling in that company that shall not be named. <laughs> he wrestled Bobby Lashley out of Bound for Glory, and he started the match with a Claymore kick. And I think Bobby Lashley's two front teeth still in the front row. <laughs> but yes, he allowed you with that damn Claymore. It was crazy. So these guys are getting over the be- like arguably the best guys in the company in terms of fan reaction and stuff. So I don't like say, Dean. No, that's not wrong. That's not. Oh, I can't speak tonight. Give me a minute to gather myself. You sound you sound like me on on the pod the other day. That's right. I remember <laughs> uh, barbarism and barbary and stuff like that. Bro, it was bad. Uh, bad see, on screen. I don't like Drew and Dolph. I think they're assholes, and I'd really want whoever's facing them to beat them. But that's them doing a good job. Yeah, agreed completely. Uh, you know, there's this really weird thing about wrestling where there's you host to dislike the bad guys. I know it's weird. I know it's like a novel concept, <laughs> but we're supposed to kind of not like the guys that do the bad stuff. And hey, Dolph has been told that since Dolph turned heel, he has been a a pain in the ass the whole time and it's not been enjoyable but that's the whole point and it makes it makes McIntyre look that much more vicious because McIntyre would always look like a badass but now he looks that much looks that much more of a badass because he's got this weasel right next to him that he's sticking up for every time mm-hmm. you know it's it's really discount HBK and Diesel it's this look great at great thing to call them that's what they are uh-huh. and then when you get Drew carrying Dolph out of the ring and up the ramp etc it just enhances that oh yes, um, yes. I can't I said it to Rance earlier on in the week I can't wait for Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns I think that's going to be so special um, probably because we're Scottish and we're probably biased, but oh, Drew McIntyre is an absolute superstar in the making. I'm so biased that the only time I'll watch the Mixed Match Challenge is when Drew McIntyre and Nicky Cross <laughs> are a team. See, now that you mentioned Mixed Match uh, Challenge, um, I was just scrolling through the Kevin Owens and Natalia have done a, an interview, and Kevin Owens at the start of the interview is lying down on either crates or chairs or something anyway he's lying body flat down face down on it and doesn't move for about a full 30 seconds it's just it's excellent and then he gets up and he just it just looks like he wants to be anywhere else but there (laughs) (laughs) yeah like literally face right into whatever he's lying on excellent so much um, so much for him coming back to do whatever he wants and then one of the first things he does is be put into the mixed match challenge Hey man, stop again. We don't speak logic about wrestling, okay? It doesn't exist. Oh, poor Kevin Owens. <laughs> By the way, I get the Kevin Owens coming back. And I get all the controversy about him coming back and what he's been doing. It was explained. But him hated. I'm sorry? It was explained why he came back. Corbin said you can come back and do what the hell you want. So that's fine, but. No, right. I mean, I'm talking about him wanting to help Brock. Braun and stuff. It makes sense, but it is a little convoluted. But what makes the most sense is Kevin blaming Bobby Lashley for all the bad things that happened to him because Bobby Lashley injured Sammy makes perfect sense because everything that's happened to him is because everybody watched back. That makes sense. But um, like <clears throat> Kyle said it best on outside the ledge that KO is helping Braun 
not because he wants to or he has an issue with the shield, it's because he's so scared of Braun and that's the kind of story we've been told for the last few months. He's only doing it out of absolute fear. So that makes sense. I mean, personally, I just wish they'd dragged it out a few more weeks. Yeah. Okay. I felt I felt it was a good opportunity and you could have, like, remember yeah. when Punk left, Punk came back, like, two weeks later and it was like, wow, that's so early. Um, yeah. And I, felt okay. like, I felt like, I, felt, I just, I thought, I, I don't even know what they could have went with it. I just felt, see if he just held off another couple of weeks, like, it would have got people talking even more and I don't know I just felt it was, a, it was a good opportunity and they've missed it that's the thing I don't think people would have talked oh you don't mm. punk it, the interest was gone after he left that next week oh my no, god I mean, I, mean um, I, I was talking about KO oh nobody was talking about Kevin Owens no, he quit I, the me, first but... week the first week he, the first week he quit, quit oh my god what happened to Kevin Owens when he's coming back after that nobody cared I feel, that's the I problem with episodic television that's the problem. Like, shit moves on. People forget about you. Somebody else takes a spot. Did you really miss Ambrose while he was gone? The entire I'm time sure. was gone. The entire time Ambrose was gone. Did you think about him every every Monday? No. Oh, not, not the entire time, but there was uh, certainly a lot of time you were like, well, can't wait for him to come back now. Okay, but you, but you get what I'm Definitely. saying? So, so in, in, the same, in the same breath, when we say, well, I wish they would have stayed, they would have stayed off TV that was longer to sell it. You don't forget about them. No, no, but I just felt like you know a week isn't long enough. But I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying drag it out months. Like even if you took it another week, another like even if it just happened to miss one episode, when it might have been people like no one obviously believed he, would, he actually did quit. But it, some people would have at least been looking at us. Oh well, do you, you've got my attention now. Like where are you going with this? Clive will love this. The last time that storyline happened on WWE television, Dolph Ziggler gave up the US United States title and said, I'm leaving. And he came back in the Rumble to get eliminated in a minute and a half. He should have, uh, I still maintain he should have won that Royal Rumble if, just based on the storyline, I'm not saying I wanted him, but like, it made no sense for him to quit after winning a US title to then return at number 30 because they made a big deal about it. Like, yeah, you know, with the record 30. scratch and stuff. It was like, yeah. at number 30 had the record scratch. It was a delay. Then his music went on. And it's like, as soon as that happened, I was like, he's going to win the Royal Rumble. And then he got eliminated. And I was like, what was the last month, six weeks or whatever it was? What, what, like, it made no sense. Just from, like, from his storylines, I just, I just felt... He's been gone, now he's going to come back. And I'm not saying I would agree to win. I just, like I said, when that happened, I, I actually thought he was going to win a Royal Rumble. There's one one positive where Kevin Owens is right now for me. And he was on the verge of doing it on Monday night there. I cannot wait until he gets his hands on Leo Rush and power bombs him into dust because he he did a sort of mud hole stomp at one point in Rush. I thought, oh, he's, got, he's about to ragdoll the living hell out of him. So just see from just a visual and aesthetics thing, I want that gif whenever Kevin Owens destroys Leo Rush, whether it's a pop-up powerbomb, an apron powerbomb or something, he's going to kill him and it's just great to see. Just purely aesthetics. (laughs) (laughs) I would have never thought all these these years I would like Leo Rush. I like the kid. (laughs) I know. I quite enjoyed what he was doing on Monday night this week. I know it's a lower to mid-card feud, but 
He can talk. He can move. He's called Leo Rush for a reason. The only problem I have is that I, I really get annoyed with this. I'm going to be a heel on this show. I'm going to be a face on this show. So I'm going to be dashly. Drake Maverick is, quite frankly, hoping that AOP kills somebody. And then he's going to 205 and saying, all right, you guys can't fight backstage because we have to worry about decorum. Like, it doesn't work both ways. You know, like, I, that's the only problem I got with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit strange. I'm happy that there are 205 Live people being included on the show, but it's just a bit odd. Oh, by the way, well, like, shout out to 205 tonight, first first night on Wednesdays. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were about to spoil the result for me there, and I was about to cry. I've seen it, and I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Okay. Thank you. Well, well Caleb, Caleb was at the show, and he said 205 took place before SmackDown this time, as opposed to after it. So I don't know if that's been oh, well, to help with the crowd or whatnot. Well, that makes sense now because it's not live anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it makes sense, yeah. Just a shout out to anyone who reads my 205 Live reviews. Because of the the schedule, the scheduling change to 205 Live and us doing the podcast usually on a Wednesday night, it might be a wee bit delayed this time until I sort out a, a more set in stone routine so but there will be a 205 live review within the next 24 to 25 hours <laughs> hashtag cheap plug hashtag cheap plug uh, right so we've got one more match I can't believe I'm saying this I quite enjoyed the, the mixed tag match between the the Danielsons and the Mizanans this is all I know Maurice winning and the way they celebrated was some of the most hilarious shit I've seen in a while Maurice acted like she just beat Ronda Rousey and, and Charlotte clean mm-hmm. in the same night. Yeah. <laughs> I love that shit. Ricky, I don't need to see them wrestling again, no. Well, wrestling again, I don't know, but she's definitely ready. She's taking some, some bumps. So she's very clearly okay with being physical again. Two things. I'm surprised at the end of the match. One. Number two, I don't care if he's a heel or not and you're supposed to not like him. And I am friends with some fashionistas. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> wait, wait. Words I never thought I'd hear come out of Brian's mouth. I'm friends <laughs> with some fashionistas. Uh-huh. That, what, what on earth was the Miz wearing on Sunday night? That is some of the worst attire I've ever seen. Do you have lucky bags in America, Rance? No, we don't, but I can only imagine what they are. It's how would I describe it? It's basically, uh, I would say, something like a three dollar bag that you would find in a discount store, and you open the bag and you've got a couple of bits of candy, some, you know, so a wee maybe like a wee pencil and like a wee small pad, a yo-yo, and like a wee toy, a, wee, a yo-yo or a wee toy bracelet and stuff, and like you know, you get those snap around bracelets that you snap onto your wrist. Oh damn! Like we used to have when we were yeah, well, yeah, or snap around shades that the Miz was wearing. Miz, you look like you look shades. like a you look like a cross between the Fallout computer game and the Tron film. Well, have you ever seen the video? Have you ever seen the the uh, anime Naruto? No. Look, I've never watched either, but apparently he looks like a character on Naruto. It was dreadful. That's so, maybe who, who are these? Who are these fashionista friends they've got? <laughs> that's what that's what I want to know. <laughs> Forget the match. Talk about the fashionista. Uh, obviously, it's Carl Irvin. Obviously. Oh God, I feel so bad for you. 
Cowboy font, man. Hey. Carl's, Carl's, Carl's version of fashion is a clean Cowboys jersey. And see, the thing is, we can see, we can see what we want about Carl, because I don't even know if he listens to the show. But Carl, see <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> I love that, man. Love you, Carl. Out the outsider's edge, like, if you were tomorrow night. Just wanted to like get my that, people that, See, that... That day on the WhatsApp group where he just kept saying bad things to me, it was genuinely hurting me. Then, so, I, then I found out why why he doesn't why he wasn't liking me at that moment in time. So for those of you listening, Ricky is cheating on his wife with me, Carl, and Kyle, but can't pick between us. So Ricky's cheating on his side chick with his he's Ricky's cheating on his wife with his side chick. But he has three side chicks, so he needs to figure out what's his main side chick and put us in order. But we change every day. So I have no idea what side chick. I better be number one because I came on the show. I better be number one. Notice how I was left out of that love uh, pentagon. But you're his work wife. <laughs> so Ricky has home wife, a work wife, and three side chicks. Rick, what, what, what is it called when... When a person has like um, not monogamy, isn't it called like a harem? Uh-huh. When you have like a whole bunch of women. Well, do you know he's well, actually multiple wives? Yeah, that's called being a Muslim. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I, I, I gave you softball. You're not out the park. Did you know that he has a collective name for you three? It's, oh god! Oh, yeah. uh, Harim Abdul Jabbar. Wow. You were overdue. I give it to you. You were overdue. <laughs> yes. When you say overdue, you mean I'm past my best date, my sell-by date. <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I, I would have expected this, this a joke to have come earlier in the pod, but hey, I'll take it. Don't worry, there's still time. Uh, Ricky, you, Ricky, you're wanting to say one more thing before we question each other? Oh, did that message send? I couldn't even, can't even see it. Anyway, um, I just want to probably go back to the Roman and Braun match. I forgot to bring it up. Is it? Do you get a double count out or double DQ or something in the hair cell? Like the finish made no sense to me because Rance, remember you sent that link of the Jeff Hardy debut or return that was at Impact, and I tweeted back, I replied back, I messaged back saying, how the hell do you get a no DQ in that kind of match? So, to, to, for those of you listening, let me explain. We were Everybody was laughing about the red Hell in the Cell, so I showed Ricky and Clive the red Terror Dome match on the, ver- on the first episode of TNA Impact um, when they went to Monday Nights. The show started with the Terror Dome, which is the six-sided cage, the curved top, in the hole at the top, and all the X Division wrestlers have to escape out of the hole. Homicide, who was supposed to win, couldn't get out of the top of the cage because it was too much for him to climb. So <laughs> Jeff Hardy was supposed to come out and confront him, and that was the way of showing the world that Jeff Hardy had been resigned. But Jeff Hardy had to come and get Homicide out of the cage because Homicide couldn't get out of the cage. And it was just a comedy of errors, and it's hilarious to watch. So his, but to his point, how do you end a cage match like that, it, or a cell match, no less, and and no DQ? The reason why it's more egregious is because it's not just a cell match; it's a cell match with the two most toughest wrestlers that we have been established to know. Right, Braun's the guy who gets 
he gets crashed in, in a ambulance and walks off, right? Roman's the guy that gets uh, thrown through and thrown off of everything, thrown through everything, and comes back the next week, right? And not only do they powder for five to ten minutes in the middle of it to watch the rest of the guys do their shenanigans, but then Brock beats him up and then they lay it out. But the most egregious thing was if this was all a homage to Mick Foley's match 20 years ago and Foley is the special guest ref and you have Dolph and, and, Dolph and, and Seth do just bump to uh, an homage and you have the special um, one man show with Foley after the show very clearly an homage to Foley and what happened 20 years ago and you end the match in a double disqualification draw whatever that's the problem. Um, uh, if if Brock would only did, and then and then Roman would have leaned over and pinned him, and they would have got the pin, nobody would care. It's just that it didn't end. Two th- two quick things. Well, one quick thing. Mick Foley's continued that match, and look at the state of his body since then. So maybe they should be cancelling matches a bit more early. But anyway, that's just <laughs> a, a silly aside. But the. Like it says, unless unless I'm missing something, unless it actually is like a, a count out, like with you know ten second rule, and a hell in a cell match, I don't know. But oh, the last thing, last thing, Mick Foley counting the one, two, three as well. <laughs> that match was just a piece of shit. Yo. Like just call it what it is. It was, that match was a piece of it shit. It was trash. It had some interesting moments. The best part of the match, besides what, the best part of the match besides what what uh, Ambrose Rollins drew and Dolph did was Brock beating the hell out of him with the broken table and climbing up the cage along the rope. Like, the match... It, look, I love Roman, I love Braun. That match just didn't work. See, yeah. the thing with Roman and Braun, they have, even in, when one of them has soundly defeated the other, they always both they always both walk away strong, whether it's... Uh, was it What was the pay-per-view before the ambulance match? Like, the, the match... The first before, match they had? Not the fast lane one, the one after WrestleMania. Happy backlash. Backlash. So Braun slams the steel stairs onto Brock uh, Roman, and then they're both fighting backstage. The ambulance match happens, or whatever goes on, and then Braun comes out of the ambulance. The last man standing match they had that was only stopped because the Moa Joe came down and choked out Roman. And they've never had one look soundly strong over the other, so. Vince can't make his mind up who he wants to put over there like resolutely and that showed itself again on Sunday night just pick one I don't care if you pick Roman I don't, if you wanted people saying it was make sure Roman didn't eat the pin it was both of them to make sure they didn't eat the pin if they wanted Roman to look strong he would have won the match fair and square oh I saw tweets people saying that it was because they the, the, they had all this happening just because they didn't want Roman to eat the pin. Oh, no, no. So what about fuck? What about Braun? It's not just a one man. Like you say, what like Rand says, it wasn't particularly very like great viewing. So yeah, there was there yeah. was multiple things wrong with that match. But there are certain people, that tweeter included, who believe that everything in wrestling in WWE exists to get Roman over. So that was all a bit broke at the end of the night. Yep. I'm just saying, it's pretty clear because he was the only one who wasn't laid out. But, you know, conventional wisdom doesn't work with fans. No. 
if this <laughs> uh, if I had three arms this match would get three thumbs down <laughs> Can if you had three arms you should do the shield pose <laughs> I don't know how I would do that right <clears throat> uh, quiz time guys Yep. It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. It's fucking quiz time. See, the, the week before the Super Showdown, I'll do the quiz time in an Australian accent live. Oh, God. And then the week before Crown Jewel. Have a guess. Oh, you know what we should do, actually? We should get Sir Sam to record it in the Australian. Because he's Aussie, obviously. We'll get him to do the quiz theme in his normal voice. And the week of the Saudi Arabia event, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I was about to say, don't you speak? Don't you speak? Don't you speak Urdu? <laughs> I do. I do. Fluently. But he... I, I could do that if you want me to do it in Urdu Punjabi, I, could, I suppose. I could do it, even though that's not the language Saudi Arabia speak, but hey-ho, it's close enough. Well, close enough, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> you asked the normal person, they couldn't tell the difference between any of the countries anyway. <laughs> we can. I'm, I, know where you're, I know where you're people from. Oh. Right, Ricky, you've got the quiz this week. Yep. So... I prepared it just for one person, so it's ten questions. Uh, like I said, I found out Ranch was going to come on half an hour before it, and I really couldn't be bothered trying to find another question, so I'm kind of hoping it doesn't finish 5-5. Five, five. So, okay. have you got your buzzers ready? Rance? Since we talked about this young man earlier today, and he was massively over at the house show, I'm going to go with the classic R-Truth response and not what's up the classic my bad y'all my bad <laughs> uh, I may have, right. have, can no, I change sorry. mine can I change mine yes. I'm going to yep. my audacity skills aren't up to scratch so I might have to do some um, physical modifications to the voice but I'm going to go with Bream oh god I think you won. I think you won with the picks. So good job. <laughs> Preload. Rant. I'll text you all these questions so I don't need to hear that for the rest of the show. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Right. Question number one. Carlito's finisher was called what? <sighs> um. Um. My bad, y'all. When he was a face, it was the backcracker. When he was a heel, it was the backstabber. Correct. Question number two. Whose finisher was called the Dominator? Bream. Uh, oh. <laughs> and you go. Farouk, a.k.a. Ron Simmons, a.k.a. Damn. Correct. <clears throat> Seth Rollins, question number three. Seth Rollins teamed up with who to win his first ever WWE tag team title? My job. Roman mm-hmm. Reigns, baby. Roman Correct. Reigns, baby. I don't know. And 
Oh. So this is kind of a two-part where you need to get the both bits right in order to get the point, and you only get one point for it. Question number four. And who did they beat and at which event? My bad, y'all. Oh, shingles. Mm-hmm. They beat Team Hell No. Mm-hmm. And it was at Vengeance? Not a champion? Nope. Shit. You, got, you get one point. You get one point. I'll give you two points for this one. <laughs> I don't want to answer anymore just to hear him do that all night. Was it WrestleMania? No. Oh, no, okay. it was a secondary pay-per-view because Ambrose beat Kofi for the US, US title earlier that night. And it was a red, it had like a red background. So was it Judgment Day? No, I'll give you a clue. So the pay-per-view name has two words in it. No mercy. Nope. I'm I'm literally seeing it in my head because I I just watched this like a month ago. Uh, two words. Oh, beam all over. Extreme rules. Correct. Extreme rules. Because it was a tag team tornado match. Yep. Yep. So it's currently three two to runs. Right. Question number five. An order of most title wins to least. Kevin Owens has won US title, IC title, NXT and Universal title. Put in order which title he's won the most from most to least. Brie mode. I say that normally, thank God. Yeah, it was getting old quite quickly. <laughs> US, IC, and joint for Universal and NXT. That's correct. Do you know how many reigns he's had of each title? This is actually just, I'm just asking. 3, 2, 1, You don't one. get additional points for this. Yes. So it's three each. The night Kevin Owens won the Universal title, who did he pin in that match? Um, oh, shit, I was there too. Seth Rollins. Is that your final answer? Oh, don't put doubt in, in this for me. Aha, uh-huh, it was Seth. That's your final answer? Yes. Yes, okay. That is not the answer I'm looking for. Are you looking for Big Ass? Don't know, perhaps, maybe not. Well, it wasn't Would anyone wrong, like to buzz in? Been... Well, okay, my bad, y'all. Yep. It had to be a big cast because uh, Roman pin, Seth pin Roman. Mm-hmm. So it's a big cast you're looking for? I'll give you a point each. Uh, uh, oh. the, que- the question... No, no, no. The, listen, the question was, the night Kevin Owens won the Universal title, who did he pin in that match? Oh, both of them. I wanted Cass and Rollins. So I'll give you one point each. Oh. In 2009... The WrestleMania 25 main event was what? What about y'all? Mm-hmm. The WrestleMania 25 main event was Triple H and Randy Orton. Correct. Question number eight. So the current scoreline is what? 4-3 runs? Sorry, 5-4 runs. Triple H versus Kevin Nash at TLC 2011. 
had a stipulation. Bray what mode. was that stipulation? Bray mode. Yep. It was a sledgehammer ladder match. No, yes. Yeah. Okay, so we're currently tied five each. Oh, this is for all the marbles. No, I've got two questions left, and it could actually end a tie. Although, the last question I say to Brian earlier is a good one. So, right, question number nine. This one, again, quite easy. Who win the 2011 Money in the Bank contract? Bree mode. Yep. Now, there were two. Do you want both answers? I want the raw answer. <sighs> Mode. Oh, that's close. Ricky, it's up to you. I think I've just got there slightly. John Cena. It's incorrect. My bad, y'all. Yep. Twenty eleven. That is. Of course, it wasn't John Albert Cena. Rio. Yes. Why would I say he went John at the Cena? Night, he went at the night. Punk, quote unquote, left. Oh. And Vince tried to cash in. Right, here, number 10. From the start of 2017, there have been 11 US champions. Oh. Let me finish the full thing. I want you to name every single one of them, but I will give you one. Roman Reigns held it the first week of 2017, so I want the remaining 10. It doesn't need to be in order. So. I- I'll give I'll give it a try. So to make to make it a little bit interesting, I think I want to, I think I'll let you go back and forth one answer each because this okay. may I think because I don't have a final question. If Clive gets it right, then it's going to end in a tie. Well, I'll start my bad, y'all. Go. Well, definitely the Miz is one of them because he beat Roman. You said back and forth, right? Was it the Miz? I didn't have, I didn't have the Miz beating Roman. I don't want to say who it was. Who was it that beat him in January? Twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. It was Miz. Oh yes. no, was it? No, I know it was. Is that is that one that I'm I'm forgetting? So like I say it's um, you don't need it. Doesn't need to be an order. It can be anyone. So I let you take turns each. Yeah, you got to go first now since I got the first one wrong, so it's on you. Right. Randy Orton. Correct. Rusev. Who? Rusev. Not right. Rusev? Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Clive. Did did Rusev hold it? Did I miss this? No, he didn't. He didn't win it. Jinder Mahal. Yes, that's one I didn't think you should get. 2017. 2017 until now. Oh, until... Okay, Bobby Roode. Yep. Wait, wait, I need to... What is the score here? Oh, he's a level. He got two, I got one, yeah. He got two, I got one so uh, far. I yeah, because you, you are one ahead. Leading so you're currently level on points. Alan Jones. AJ yes. Styles. I know. Baron Corbin. Correct. Shinsuke Nakamura. Correct. Dolph Ziggler. Correct. 
How many more are there? Three. Yeah. So it's three. And you're currently tied, so it could come down to that final one. Kevin Owens. Correct. Like you said, Kevin Owens doesn't count, because you gave us Kevin Owens at the beginning, didn't you? No, I gave you Roman Reigns at the beginning. Okay. Because Roman lost, I think, like in the very first week in January. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Do I have a time limit or can I think? I'll give you I'll give you another twenty seconds. Time uh, seconds go quicker in Scotland. Time's up. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> okay, hold on. Okay. Um uh we are going to go uh Rance is going to go with Oh my god. Jeff Hardy. Correct. Woo! I had to pull it out. You are down to the final final one. So, what I'm going to do, because scores are tied, someone, the winner, you have to buzz in. Okay. Right. And if you buzz in, you only get five seconds to give an answer, so you can buzz in and start thinking, so. Right, we've had Roman Reigns, we've had Brendan Mahal, we've had AJ Styles, we've had Kevin Owens, we've had Dolph Ziggler. Five. And if you both, uh, one more thing, if you both correct and guess incorrectly one time, I'll start to give you clues. Who, who was that? Right. Elton, Bobby Roode, Jinder Mahal and Rousseff. It wasn't Rousseff. <sighs> oh, um... should, I, should I start giving clues out just now? Okay. Oh, um, he last wrestled for the WWE Brie at the Mode. Saudi Arabia event. Brie Mode. Yep. Oh, I'm wrong already. <laughs> Jericho. There we go. It's Correct. Chris Jericho. He beat Roman Reigns in in a two-on-one. It was Kevin Owens and Jericho versus Roman Reigns so two-on-one. Clive has never beat me. I know. In a quiz. <laughs> thank, thank you, everyone. Well, congratulations. That was a good quiz. That was a good quiz. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on tonight, Rance, for joining us Hell in a Cell review. Thanks for allowing me to uh, force my way onto the show. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> no, thank you, guys. Whenever I'm off, whenever we have the time to get together, I, it's, we all we link up as out. And See, I didn't realize you were off until you said. <clears throat> well, technically, I'm I'm off sick, so. Well, I'm not off, but you know, it's, I'd rather be doing this than lay bed on mm-hmm. my damn ass machine. So. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to plug? Oh yeah. Um. So tonight we will be recording a new episode of Chair Shot Radio with my boy Christopher Platt. Um. In fact, I'll probably get on that call here in about the next few minutes or so after I take a little pump of my asthma shit um we also outside his edge should be uh tomorrow night so um shout out to the chair shot at the chair shot.com shout out to chair shot radio shout out to chris shout out to carl and kyle in uh outsider's edge uh yeah column coming soon my column's coming really actually soon carl's will be here around 2020 um <laughs> yeah and uh oh 
so I've been talking with these two beautiful young gentlemen, and uh, we got some good feedback from our last studio show, if you will, with all five of us. We got some more ideas. Stay tuned. Do we? Both of you hit me specifically with an idea of your own, and y'all don't even remember, probably. Oh, yes, I remember. No, I, I, I remember. I remember. I spoke to you last night, or it was the night before. Uh, so, while I try and rack my brains... Well, to... see, before you plug, see, before you plug, who's on Outsiders Edge tomorrow? Is it the three of you? I do, it's on the car. It's up to Carl. Me and me and Kyle will be there. It's up to Carl. Um, but I do have some guests I want to start bringing on pretty soon. Um, uh, I got some people I want to get some perspective from. Uh, yeah, you know, we're, I'm trying to do stuff a little differently. You know, trying to give some spotlights to some people, give some good, give some good uh, ideas. This this month is this next month and a half is gonna be hard as podcasters because we have three preview shows to do in six weeks. It's kind of rough. It has, you know, pre- preview shows are pretty much cut and dry. Who you think is going to win? What you think about the feud? So, you know, but we'll see how that goes. And I didn't say my Twitter, but it's Ray Cash R E Y's Mysterio C A S H as in dollars. Yeah, follow me on there. Uh, our Twitter is at Ricky and Clive. Our, that's our Facebook Facebook as well. You've got Social Suplexes Facebook group, the Wrestling Squared Circle. Just check that out. Just search, Google it, whatever you want to do. Um, with regards to the actual Social Suplex podcast network, you've got Outsiders Edge, yourselves. You've also got Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, and One Nation Radio. Please check out your podcast app of choice and leave us a five-star review. Um, you can also get those podcasts at the Social Suplex website.com. SocialSuplex.com You can subscribe to these podcasts there as well as the columns that we have coming out for you um, I don't have anything else to, to plug to you That's it Shout out Shout out to Chad Matthews You will be missed my brother um, I hope whoever takes your spot and whoever tries to fill your shoes which none of us can will. I hope we will uh Whoever it is will, or all of us put together, will do your legacy proud, my brother. So, yeah, hands out to your retirement. My Wednesdays are a wee bit empty now without the the Doc Says. Look what you've done, Brock and Vince. You've stopped the Doc Says podcast. So well done. You've done that for us. No, I don't. I don't agree with Tito much. I don't. But Tito says something that's very eloquent. And even if I don't like the point of it. It's again. It's very eloquent. Tito said that if you look at Chad, Chad has always been a good and loyal fan. And if Chad is to the point where he's done, then something's up. And nice. I don't necessarily agree that something's up, but it's crazy that Chad had to mm-hmm. walk away. It just shows how bad it is. Ricky was going to quit this week as well. Well, Ricky apparently, from what I was told, was going to take over for Doc, and it's going to be called the Mooch Says, aka blowing up. With Ricky. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have says if I ever do quit, I will just do it on the pod and just make it as spontaneous as possible, but I've no 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 plans to quit as yet. So guys, I've got a revelation for you. Um Zack Ryder had a one night stand with a time travelling woman recently. 
Uh, so they had a one night stand. She became pregnant, but she went back in time, twenty odd years. She gave birth to a child. That child was called Florence. The child grew up to be called Florider. See, I'm not. I won't. I won't ever quit. I won't ever quit the podcast because of the wrestling. I will quit because of things like that. <laughs> oh. oh man! I Thank hope you, you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. Night, night. Take care. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.